Welcome to Life Uplifted, a podcast for joy-seeking humans who want to feel more energized and empowered in their lives. In this space, you will receive insights, knowledge, and inspiration to guide you to becoming your healthiest and most uplifted self in body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Lauren Vanosta. I'm also a mother, entrepreneur, clinical nutritionist, chef, writer, and I believe in uplifting others. It's time to reclaim your energy and well-being because you're not here to feel depleted. You're here to live a life uplifted. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Kate Reagan. Kate is a registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of Wholesome Chick Nutrition, a virtual group private practice that supports clients worldwide in healing their relationship with food and with their body. She utilizes a non-diet, health-at-every-size approach to help folks ditch dieting and disordered eating for good so they can pursue health on their own terms, make peace with food, and find body acceptance. It's so important to give love to your body, even if your health isn't where you want it to be, so I'm excited to have Kate on the show today to offer her expertise to you. Let's welcome Kate to the show. Hey, Kate. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with my listeners. So I want to just jump right in and get you started by telling me more about yourself and your journey and how you how you help your clients. Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Wholesome Chick Nutrition, which is a virtual group private practice. And the clients that we serve um, range anywhere on the spectrum from um, chronic dieting all the way up to a diagnosed eating disorder. So our mission really is to help people heal their relationship with food, find health on their own terms, um, and improve their body image and the way that they see their bodies and feel about their bodies. Um, so those are that's kind of our audience. Um, and we also really love helping pretty much anyone who wants to improve their health um, without dieting, because we all know how vicious um, diet culture can be. Um, so it's um, a safe space for anyone looking to improve their health and um, become healthier and happier without having to put themselves through really restrictive dieting. And did you just get into this career because you're passionate about it? Or do you have your own journey that you went through that kind of brought you into this? So I actually started college as a fashion major. So I thought that I was going to go into some realm of fashion design or fashion merchandising. And then junior year, I developed an eating disorder, unbeknownst to me at the time. I just thought I had become pretty passionate about health and weight loss and all of these different things that um, kind of are normalized in our society. Um, but it grew into what I would call an obsession with healthy eating and calorie restriction and exercise. Um, so that is kind of what led me into the profession as a dietitian. But, um, you know, I learned along the way that the way that I viewed food, the way I felt about food um, was not actually healthy for me and was was pretty harmful to my mental health as well. So I did a lot of inner work, um, you know, healing my own relationship with food. And now I get to help others do the same. So I not only lead with um, knowledge and expertise, I lead through personal experience and really understanding what my clients are going through too. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's so important when you are in the role that you're in as a professional is being able to empathize with somebody when you're helping them, because especially when it comes to disordered eating and ditching diets, there's a big emotional factor to it. So it's not like you're just helping someone with their finances. You're literally like trying to rewire how they think. And so I I love that you had your own personal story into how you really got passionate about this because that empathy aspect is so important. So I'd love for you to kind of just share in working with your clients, what do you find is like the biggest roadblock that your clients face when they're first getting started? Like, you're like, all right, we got to ditch this diet mentality and start loving on your body. What do you find to be the biggest issue that your clients struggle with? Yeah, great question. I think there are a lot of um a lot of issues that they face kind of transitioning from a place of diet culture to one of more of an intuitive eating space, but I would say probably that it feels like such a paradigm shift. Like I always say food is so personal and it can be a pretty polarizing topic as polarizing as politics or religion or you know really strong belief systems. People have really strong opinions about food and weight and health. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to unlearn a lot of harmful messaging that society projects, it can feel kind of lonely and isolating and like you're fighting an uphill battle um, and that you're, you're alone in it. Um, So a lot of the work that I do with my clients in the beginning is really helping them, number one, unlearn that harmful messaging from diet culture, and number two, normalizing and validating the experiences that they've gone through and that they're currently going through um, so that they know that they're not alone and that although this work feels really hard and challenging, it's so important and rewarding in the long run. Yeah. And especially too with social media now, like you said, everyone has their own opinion And it can be really challenging when you're trying to navigate like what's best for your body when you see all these influencers and just all this media telling you to eat a certain way or don't eat this or this food's bad, this food's good. And there's just so much conflicting information everywhere. It's it's a lot to take on, especially if you can't decipher it for yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I really feel for your clients because it's it's challenging for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all internalize the message specifically from social media, like those Mm -hmm. what I eat in a day videos. The, The undertone of that message is if you eat like me and if you exercise like me, you will look like me. And that message in itself is so toxic because Mm -hmm. number one, it's untrue, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's just completely false messaging. Um, And number two, it makes people feel a lot of guilt and shame for the way that they currently eat, the way that they currently exercise, the way that they look. And that makes it really hard to make peace with food and make peace with your body. Totally. And I think your profession has gotten a, a lot more popular recently too in that people are starting to wake up to like, there's more than one way to be healthy and there's more than one right way to eat. And it's really unique, like you said before, in that we're all individual. And I think that you empowering your client to really, you know, look inward and decide like what's best for me is really the key to long-term health and enjoying food for the rest of your life. Yes. I always say the best diet for you probably has no name. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It really 
is so individualized. And that's a huge part of what we do at our practice is help the client understand what feels best in their body, what Mm -hmm. kinds of foods they enjoy. And it can be completely different. Like I can have one client one day who is vastly different from the next client that I will see. And it's so cool because they're, they're finding their own path versus a prescription from, you know, social media that says eat less calories and move more because what, what, who is that helping? That's such a blanket statement that we hear all the time. And it really takes the the individual out of it. Yeah. And I think for women, it's led to a lot of burnout in just the constant, like, I have to keep exercising and keep doing more and more and more to lose weight when in reality, it's just causing the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to share what are your like most practical tips for someone to take away to if they're having issues with a little bit of disordered eating or diet mentality to just begin the healing process with their relationship with food and their body. Yeah. So number one, I would say that, you know, most people that I see think they're eating too much food when in reality, they're not eating enough food. So number one, I think the most important foundation of having a healthy relationship with food is feeding your body enough. Adequacy is so important when it comes to nutrition and having a healthy relationship with food. Um, Because if you're in kind of this starvation state of not having enough, you're never going to feel at peace either physically or mentally around food. So that's a really practical tip. And I always say, try starting out by eating every three to four hours, either a meal or a snack and see how that feels. And then from that framework, make it your own, whether you like to eat smaller, more frequent meals every two hours, or whether you feel okay going between breakfast and lunch, that's five hours long. You can kind of make it your own from that framework. But I think recalibrating and and looking at food as fuel and energy, making sure you're eating enough is number one, most important for sure. Um, Number two, I would say is shifting the way that you talk about food. So a lot of times we hear this food is good. This food is bad. This food is healthy. This food is unhealthy. I should be eating that. I shouldn't be eating that. And that way of thinking about food and very black and white mentality, all or nothing thinking makes your relationship with food very complicated. Um, And so moving away from those black and white terms and using more neutral language so that there's no morality attached to food so that you don't feel good about yourself when you're eating one kind of food and bad about yourself when you're eating another kind of food, really approaching it really approaching it with a sense of neutrality and understanding that all food provides a purpose in our lives. Um, And you can talk about food in a way that um, I'm trying to think of some examples I can give. So instead of good or bad, you could use words like nutrient dense or play foods or fun foods, or um, you can describe the texture or the taste of the food to, again, take that morality out of it, because that adds a lot of a lot of peace and a lot of um, more of a sense of calmness around food. Mm hmm. And before you move on to the next tip, I just have a question. If someone comes to you and they have like food allergies or sensitivities or things, foods that they know that they can't have, but they kind of struggle with that mentality around it, like this is a bad food Mm -hmm. Um, for me, how do you navigate clients that 
that have those issues? Yeah. So clients who have allergies or other, you know, medical conditions that do require a little bit more, um, I would say conscientiousness around food choices, they can still be intuitive eaters. They can still practice intuitive eating. There's just some caveats to it, right? Of course, there are going to be foods that they, you know, should be mindful about consuming and need to stay away from for medical reasons, um, because those foods are are unsafe to their bodies, right? So I would still try to help them understand that it's not that that food is is bad and they would be a bad person for eating that food. It's just unsafe for their bodies. And along with the principles of intuitive eating, of trying to eat foods that make you feel good and pleasant in your body um, and eating less of those foods that maybe don't make you feel so good or pleasant in your body, that kind of fits under that category. Because if someone eats a food and they have an allergic reaction to it, it's not going to make them feel pleasant in their bodies, right? So there is kind of an element of weaving that in. Okay, let's pause this episode for a minute to chat about fuel yourself first. If you find yourself feeling depleted during the day, reaching for snacks to sustain you, or your toddler's leftovers, then this is for you. It's time to prioritize your eating habits. You deserve to eat real, nourishing meals every day. This is why I created Fuel Yourself First. It's a weekly newsletter to help you eat more nourishing foods using easy and healthy meal prep. Think of it as a done-for-you action plan sent to your email inbox every week that you can print out and easily incorporate into your life. I know you have enough on your plate already, no pun intended, but this is a simple and straightforward way to stop putting your needs on the back burner and begin fueling yourself first. When you do this, you will experience more energy, better digestion, and feel confident in knowing that you are prioritizing your eating habits. Head on over to fuelyourselffirst.substack.com to join. That's fuelyourselffirst.substack.com. Tip number three, and this is um, kind of related to tip number one, but tip number three would be something related to the addition mentality. I hear a lot of messaging about what we need to cut out of our diets, what we need to eat less of, when really nutrition can be about adding in, right? Adding in nutrition to our diets. If you love to eat mac and cheese, what can we add to that to make it more nutritious versus demonizing mac and cheese and saying, you're not allowed to eat that, that food is bad for you. Could we maybe add a little bit of protein to that with you know, some chicken sausage or something like that? Can we add a little bit of color to that with some broccoli or some other kind of vegetable or having an apple on the side? What can we add into our diets versus what do we need to take out? Because number one, that's going to be a lot more of a sustainable mindset than a very restrictive mindset. Um, and number two, it's going to leave you feeling a lot more peaceful around food as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, th- I think I use the term crowding out, like, you know, bring in the good things and then the processed foods and stuff that maybe aren't so nutritious will kind of just, you won't have room for it anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I'd like to ask you in my own healing journey of my body, what do you do when clients come to you and they just have like constant bloating or they constantly feel not great in their bodies and they can't really decipher like what foods feel good and what foods don't because they're in this chronic, I guess, inflammatory state, you could call it. How do you work with your clients to navigate becoming intuitive in knowing what foods feel best to them? 
Yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm a digestive expert by any means, but the population that I work with who struggles with a lot of disordered eating and chaotic eating patterns, whether it's restriction or binging, the first the first course of action that I take is to help them normalize their eating patterns. So get them on some sort of eating schedule where, you know, the gut loves consistency and variety. So those are kind of the two things that we focus on. And that consistency piece of getting them on some sort of eating schedule, making sure that they're getting food in their bodies, like I said, probably somewhere around every three to four hours um, is huge because we see in this population specifically, up to 98% of people with disordered eating and eating disorders have digestive issues as well. So a lot of those digestive issues can be related to the chaotic eating patterns of either under eating or binging. So normalizing eating patterns is first and foremost. And once we do that, it can be a little bit more clear on what specific foods are actually causing that distress, right? And kind of pinpointing and and identifying any patterns or making observations around, um, you know, specific symptoms that are related to a certain type of food. But we also look at other factors, right? As you probably know, stress, hydration, um, other things can impact gut health and digestion. So it's not just a certain type of food that might be causing the problem. Um, It can be other things as well. So we definitely take a look at the individual as a whole. Yeah. And I, I love that. I think there's been a big shift in the nutrition industry of realizing like it's more than just what's on your plate. It's your whole lifestyle. It's like a holistic look at everything that's going on in your life because everything is connected. So I think it's so important that that has shifted in the industry because everything affects everything else. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I always say nutrition is super important, but it's not the only thing that we need to consider when it comes to health. Totally. So I'd love for you to share kind of what your daily routine looks like. Sure. Yeah. So I would say that every day is is fairly different, but most of the time what I'm doing is I'm waking up and I'm having a really nourishing breakfast. So that's going to look different for everyone. But usually for me, there's a good combination of carbohydrates, protein, fat, some color. I'm really looking for a breakfast that's going to satisfy me and nourish my body um, as I get my day started. And the reason that I say this most importantly is because I think there's a trend now of skipping breakfast or just having coffee for breakfast or, Mm -hmm. you know, intermittent fasting and kind of starving off hunger until you're, you know, it's 12 o'clock or one o'clock. So I think that that personally for me makes my body feel my best. And then from there, I am eating fairly consistently. I'm having three meals a day. I'm typically having some snacks in between. Um, I love having dessert at night. So, you know, my go-to is is usually some Ben and Jerry's. Um, So I love having, you know, all foods fit into my diet. And I think that's a a sign of an intuitive eater that, you know, all foods are present, all food groups are there, and you can consider nutrition without being super rigid or restrictive about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love to eat out with friends and family. I love trying new foods. So um, lots of variety in where I'm eating and what kinds of foods I'm eating as well, um, which is really fun because food should be fun and, and stress-free. Yeah. And there's a huge social aspect to food too. So like, like you just said, you like to go out to eat with friends and it's sad to know that a lot of people avoid situations like that because of issues they have and 
you know, they don't want to go somewhere where they could potentially eat a quote unquote bad food. And I see people isolate themselves because of it. So I think it's so important to to understand how you can fit all foods into your diet in a healthy way and still enjoy your life. Yes, a hundred percent. Kind of going back to what um, you know, we were talking about before, um looking at individuals, you know, health as a larger picture and not just honing in on nutrition and food. Social connection and community are one of the largest determinants of health. And um, it's really important that we prioritize relationships and we make sure that food can be a healthy part of of your social connection and relationships as well. For sure. I 100% agree. So, Kate, I'd love for you to share where people can find you and how they can work with you. Yeah. So my Instagram handle and TikTok handle and website are all the same. It's just Wholesome Chick Nutrition. For the website, obviously, it's wholesomechicknutrition.com. And we offer lots of different ways to work with us, mostly in our signature one-on-one intuitive eating program, which is our most popular offer. Um, But we also have a self-paced course. We have groups. And then I also provide a lot of of free education online as well on, on my social media. Cool. Awesome. And if you're up for it, I'd love to just do a few rapid fire questions. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What's your favorite food? That's so tough. And I've been asked (laughs) this way too many times to not have a good answer. I'm going to say ice cream. Okay. And then what book are you currently reading, if any? I am reading, oh goodness, I forget the title. I think it's The Doctor's Wife or something like that. I'm really into like psychological thrillers. So it's along those lines. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. It I find it's helpful, especially like in the industry we're in when it's like so science based and everything. It's nice to have something totally opposite to kind of fall back to to like clear your mind. Do you feel that way? Yes, absolutely. I really can only read like one educational book a month, but the rest of it I like to kind of give my mind a rest and and think about something else yeah. and kind of use it as as a little bit of a release. Totally. Okay. And last question, if you could share one inspiring message for someone struggling with disordered eating, what would it be? Don't give up. No matter how many times you've tried to heal and recover, don't give up because you never know when things will start to change for you. Yeah. That's, it's really important because it can be a long journey sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I think my listeners are going to love this and I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. All right, friend. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Life Uplifted. Hop over to the show notes for products and resources mentioned in this episode. Please leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and share this episode with anyone in your life who would benefit from this information. If you'd like to connect over on Instagram, you can find me at Total Body Nourishment. Until next time, friend, cheers to living a life uplifted. Uplifted.